We're so excited to spend some time with you today on the Awakening Moments podcast. My name is Lori. And I am Rhonda. And it's our hope that you would feel like we are with you wherever you are right now, having a real life conversation about life in all its beauty and in all its mess. We believe that God wants to open our eyes to an awakening moment that will help us thrive in every part of our being. So we invite you on this adventure with us as we listen, learn, and grow together. Well, I have a great um, somewhat, no, not somewhat, extremely convicting topic that we could talk about today. Oh, great. Okay, Lori, <laughs> hit me. Listen, hit me with it. listen, we're in it. We're in it. We just are wanting to become more like Jesus. Yes. So we might as well just go to these places where we struggle the most. Okay. Wait till I say the word. I do want a drum roll. Da, 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 da. Yeah, I feel okay. like we need that. Okay. Um, submission. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good how, one. How are you with submission, Rhonda? Okay, I love how you just open that up and then you have me start. Oh, boy. I know. Doesn't is, that word? Oh. Yeah, this is a hard one. It yeah. actually is a very difficult one to even kind of unpack for yeah. myself. Like, I've still personally, been yeah, yeah, yeah. In my marriage yeah. for 22 years trying to figure out what does submission look like yeah. when you are very independent, have a really big personality. Yeah. Very single-minded in a lot of ways and believe you're right a lot of the time. <laughs> I How love that. Do? How do you walk oh my in gosh. submission? Yeah, submission. In a marriage relationship. Yeah. Well, okay, so uh, in that know, relationship. Yeah. Like a couple weeks ago in my devotions, I was reading the scripture um, where Jesus was talking to the people in Mark and he talked about, you know, uh, that a man will leave his mother and father and cling to his wife. And the two shall become one. And as I was just thinking about that oneness, I was thinking about this desire for Jesus to teach the teach us, teach his people about oneness. And then I thought of the high priestly prayer, because we're talking a lot about that and praying into that, where literally the heart of Jesus for us, his people, was that we would be one with the Father as he and the Father are one. That's the greatest heart that he has for us. And I just started to think about all of this together. So both earthly relationship of between a husband and wife, the only relationship on earth Mm -hmm. that, that Jesus actually calls us to oneness, that men are called to leave. They must leave what they know and cling to um, their wife. And then this relationship that God has for, that Jesus has for every one of us as believers, Mm -hmm. but desires it for us with the father. And I started to just think about like where, because I agree, I agree with you submission. Like we joke often that we're not the most submissive wives because we're kind of like, like if we don't get what we want, we just come at it a different way. (laughs) And and we joke about it and laugh and we're even laughing now. But then I started to think about it, like just from a convicting place, just saying like, okay, Lord, where do I do this in my relationship with you? Because if I do this here in my natural relationship, then I definitely, like, it's something in my character. It's something in me that is, that needs more of Jesus, Absolutely, right? That needs confession, repentance, more of Jesus, humility, uh, softness, like, okay, And how do I do this in my relationship with God? You know, when Jesus' literal prayer for me is like, Lord, all I desire is for Lori and you, Lori, you and my father to be one. What 
in my lack of submission is holding me back from that oneness with the father. And I just, I was just overcome with such conviction about this. And I thought this would be a great topic to talk about with you because, you know, we're kind (laughs) of, we can relate. We totally can relate. We can relate. To this struggle. Yes. So it is something to, even in our society that's celebrated. Right. Of being independent, of being, you know, um, whatever it may be as a, a woman, especially there is this push that you don't need a man or, you know, you don't let anyone tell you what to do there. It is celebrated the more independent and the more you push back being submissive. It's, it's coined, I think in a very, it's not correct what submission actually is because when you actually submit in a biblical way, the way that God intends it, it brings such fruitfulness and actually brings out more significance and actually more, I don't want to say power, but there's power. A, yeah. I guess that would be, yeah. Power. For sure. Power. Yes. Confidence. True empowerment. Exactly. Comes not, from that. Not taken in our own strength, but true exactly. empowerment in the spirit. That's exactly. But it's the opposite. It's the opposite way. And that is the kingdom of God. It's the opposite to our culture. It's even a little bit opposite of how I was raised that I felt like, well, I'm not going to be like that. Or nobody's going to tell me to be like that. You know, raised in a city that was very European, you know, men dominated. And I remember growing up thinking, there's no way any man's going to tell me. I remember thinking that. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not doing that when I get married. I'm not doing A, B, C, D, E. <laughs> I, I do all those A, B, C, D, E. But, you know, it's not even about what we do on the outside. It's yeah. also about the heart. But growing up, it started young, this idea of like, I don't want to look like that or be like that. It looked like weakness to me or looked like I couldn't make up my own mind or I had to depend solely on someone. It was actually very, like, not a proper understanding of what submission was. And then it starts you on this way of living and thinking that is contrary to scripture. Right. Because like you've said, as we do this as we act here, it directly is coming from how we are doing this. That's right. And so that independence is when I trace back in my life, some of those areas where God has had to deal ruthlessly with me in my own spirit, it has stemmed from a root of pride, Yes, which is independence. I can do this. Even as a, I remember when my daughter was little, she used to say, me do it. It's a me do it mentality. Yes. Yes. It has to continually be broken over my life. Wow. Wow. It's so true. It's funny that you, you know, reference like how we grew up or what we saw Mm -hmm. or whatever that started these to formulate these ideas or these thoughts, because I remember this one moment and, you know, there wasn't like a hundred moments like this, but I remember this one moment sitting at the dinner table where my, my mom was, you know, rushing around, getting every, you know, preparing food and getting every, everybody set up and, you know, serving, 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 and, um, just rushing around and kind of stressed and, you know, all over the place. And, and, and my dad was sitting at the table and has been sitting for some time. And, and my mom just sits down and, and he's like, Barb, can you get me some milk? Can you get the milk? And I just, for whatever reason in that moment, and I was an older teenager, probably 18, 19 years old. And I remember just sitting at the table and like him not recognizing like all she was doing and just how frantically she was serving everybody. 
you know, to just sit there and tell her to go get the milk for him. I, it offended me in a deep, <laughs> deep place. And I literally like looked at him and I mean, I really respected my dad. It's, this wasn't the kind of relationship I had, but looked at him and like, what is wrong with your legs? Get the milk yourself. <laughs> I literally, I know, I know. I can't imagine how that went over. I know. Like I was so offended in that moment. I don't even know why I was aware of all of that in that moment, but I just was so offended about that. And that's exactly so this, this mindset, I think, you know, in, in terms of even growing up or this representation of marriage or this representation of like, you know, a, do- a male dominant figure in your life and maybe it not being expressed perfectly. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, because again, in the scriptures, if we look to the scriptures about how God designed it, it's a beautiful design. Beautiful. Like it's a beautiful design. The problem is we who are flawed people are trying to live this beautiful design. And so we mess it up every single time. So again, where we maybe saw a male dominated kind of culture in our home, right? Where the women submission looked like you serve your husband, like, like in a literal physical sense, you serve, you clean, you cook, you wait on them, you do all these things, a subservient role that's what submission looked like. And that's what we were rejecting. <laughs> like we watched this and we're like, oh, heck nah, I am not going to prepare dinner, sit down. And then my husband's going to bark me around, blah, 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 blah. Like this is what we thought submission meant and that we sort of pushed against and this independent spirit rose up kind of as an affront to, no, this is not the picture of what we want. Right. But in that, that also wasn't the right response to something that we saw that also wasn't necessarily right. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's right. And submission looks a little bit different. Like it, the heart of submission is the same. There's not, but how that is exercised looks different because very different personalities. You can have a much more gentle personality that's mercy driven that, that, oh, serving your family. And honestly, that is, it fills your tank and that is so beautiful that doesn't mean you're like the quote most submissive. It's because not necessarily true. All these things and your identity is found in that. That's not what we're talking about here. Yep. And it's also not saying that um, submissive is like me all of a sudden changing the strength of my personality or the, my leadership. Like I feel like I I have these leadership giftings to say, oh, I can't use those because then I can't be submissive. I've got to look like that. That is not what God's saying. He's not painting a stereotype of like yeah. this, like you're saying, I'm agreeing, like this is what the stereotype is. Or if you are that, that that is also your identity. Like, that's actually not what it's about, what you look like on the outside. It is about the inner motives yes. and the codependency we have on one another. When you think of even the body of Christ, Jesus' prayer was like, make them one. Jesus wasn't saying, make them look like each other or be like each other. Or this is, it's about saying like, may they be more like, like us, like may they be like us. And in pursuing that in the diversity of their, their personalities, their spiritual gifts, may they flourish as they depend on one another. But a oneness of spirit, oneness of spirit, like a a likeness, a like-mindedness, a like, uh, how we're doing life, Mm -hmm. that oneness Mm -hmm. of spirit, Mm -hmm. you know, connected to the father. But again, 
his ways are not our ways. And so the only way we can actually do that truly is by a place of submission and surrender. It's the only way like that, that war that's happening inside us, the war of our flesh and our spirit that where our our flesh wants independence and power and our flesh wants to do it our way and our flesh believes we know better and our flesh sort of runs ahead and does it in our own way. You know, what does that look like to lay that down for the sake of the father and unite to his heart Mm -hmm. and do it his way? Again, you know, all these things that we're sensing, um, even provisions of the Lord, provisions of the King, you know, Mm -hmm. It gives us more than we could ever get when we do it our own way. That's right. I I mean, like, it's incomparable. It's not even comparable. Uh, When we run ahead and do it our way, in our own strength, in our own independence, we actually are being robbed of the flourishing and the fullness that God desires as we unite to oneness with him. But again, how we do that is really challenging and more challenging for some people than others. And I actually would say that if there is one major sin struggle, and I'm just going to call it out as sin because that's what it is, this is it for me. Mm -hmm. Like my independence and my like nature that just Mm -hmm. wants to do it myself and not rely on anybody else, including God, honestly, including God, like that's my sin struggle. That's what I have to lay down daily. Like when it says die to yourself, deny yourself, like die to your flesh. This is my, this is the ugliness of my flesh. And that's what it looks like. It looks like I'm fine. I don't need anything. I don't yes. need anyone. Yes. I've got this. That's that's my sin struggle. Laura, I'm in the same boat as you. I'm in the same boat. And I think, you know, if I was to be really candid too, growing up, I didn't know a lot of women that were in leadership positions with a healthy marriage. I didn't see that. Most of the women I grew up with, and this is like, honestly, this is also re- saying this with the deepest respect and honor, that most of the women I grew up with were stay-at-home moms. Like the women I saw in marriages were stay-at-home moms or worked part-time, very much caregivers, which would definitely come with, you know, and I know with my my home, my mom, that was her role and she flourished in it. And that was her call and loved it. And she stayed home. My dad worked and she worked just as hard, I think, harder, let's be truthful, in the home. <laughs> but that was her her joy. And so, but I remember struggling as a, a teenager thinking, what does that look like if you're working full-time or you want to be a leader? Can I be a leader? Right. Will that be celebrated? Is that something I'm not allowed can, to Can be? I honor God and be a leader? Yeah, and be married and be happy. And what if he's not a leader, but I'm like, is not in a leadership role, but I am like, what does that look like? I never really saw that worked out. And like we're saying, we are imperfect trying to reflect perfection of God. Like it's him working in and through us, through all the cracks and the flaws. So I think as we've learned and struggled, and I'm speaking specifically for my husband and I, he's a strong leader as well. I'm married to a very (laughs) strong leader. Sometimes we look at each other, we think on paper, this probably shouldn't work as well as it does. (laughs) We're both firstborns. Oh my goodness. We're both very strong leaders and we're both very independent. And it kind of is also what drew us to each other, that independence and that lack of having to really like overly nurture the other person that we're like, okay, we can be real partners here. It actually worked for us that we love that. But I have to say in our marriage, 
with God, but in our marriage as well, one of our greatest struggles for Jay and I is to continually be codependent, not just on doing things, but emotionally to be dependent emotionally on each other in a healthy way, to ask each other for help, to be, you know, humble with each other, to defer to the other. It is something we have had to work out and we continually have to work out. And I know there are things in my own spirit that when I am not really in a great place with God, I can just quickly look at my relationship with Jay and I know exactly. And when I'm in a great place with God, I can look at my relationship with Jay and I can see how there's a greater tenderness. I find it really hard to say sorry. That's something I've had to work on for many years in our marriage. But when I'm in a really beautiful place with God where he's ministering to the emotional side, not just the side that where I'm like, I can do this, I'm, I'm preparing for this, but where God's really going to deep-seated sin areas of repentance, of emotional dependency, of woundedness. And I don't like to go there. It's not something I naturally do very well. But when God brings me to those places and brings to my, my attention where I need to grow, I can immediately see the reflection in my marriage because I am more tender. I'm more aware. I'm also like, God, I also wanted not, um, what's the word? Demas- uh, emasculate? Emasculate Jay too by me being like, I don't need you. I actually do need all the strengths that Jay brings as a man to our marriage. And as I bring, I embrace that because even in Ephesians, it talks about women submit to your husbands mm-hmm. as unto the Lord. Right. It's not meaning here put aside your spiritual gifts or your gifting, but it's about character before gifting. Right. It's about that desire to honor and to lift Jay higher. Like to say, I want to edify you, encourage, build you up more than myself. Like I'm not in this marriage for you to make my life awesome and for you to build me up. I'm in this marriage to say like, I want you to rise. Like I want to be that helpmate to say, if you could go a mile, I want to push you too. Like I want to have you excel and succeed further than you could even dream possible to be your greatest cheerleader. If I have that submission heart not it's not even about what we see it's about the heart of that submission to respect to honor to want to build up if i do that i'm actually going to receive in my marriage like the same thing like where i could try to gather power or try to gather all the respect myself i'm actually going to fall really short and this vice versa it says for jay i love this part i mean we could just sit on this for a little bit <laughs> I would love if he was in this podcast, he'd be laughing his head off. This is for husbands. This means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. Wow. Think of that. Like if Jay lives in a way to give his life up for his wife, if I live in a way to build him up as great as I can, Beautiful. there is a life that you are building together. Yeah. That is extraordinary. There's a flourishing. There's a flourishing. A picture of flourishing that's so, so profound. And I love how that Ephesian scripture talks about that this is the picture of the mystery of the Mm. love that Jesus has for us as his church. Like this, this marriage oneness is as close as we can um, see here on earth tangibly of how much Jesus loves us. Yet I feel like we do such a poor job of representing that here on earth because we're so flawed, because we literally wrestle this out in our flesh. Yes. (laughs) So, so bad, you know? So here you see this beautiful marriage of 
a man who loves his wife and is willing to to the point of willing to give up his life for her. That's how much he loves her. And you see this picture, this call for a woman to respect and submit, willingly submit her independence, her wanting to do everything her way, her wanting to be right, her, you know, but laying that down to build him up, to respect him, to honor him, to help him thrive and flourish. I mean, way back in the Garden of Eden. So interesting because this very scripture about oneness, about, you know, a man is called to leave his family and become one with his wife um, is right there in Genesis 2 before there was parents. Yes. yes. Before there was parents, God literally spoke this prophetically as this is the way, this is how it's going to be. And it's so beautiful because we see right here in the very, very beginning, it says that a man shall leave his father and his mother, hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. There's oneness again, right at the very beginning, imperfection, like before sin entered. And it says the man and his wife were both naked and they were not ashamed. And I feel like even that is so significant because if we can get this right, I feel like all shame, shame wants to rob, shame brings hiddenness. Shame is the very thing I think that that brings us into a place of wanting to assert independence, self-protection, right? It's shame. It's shame. I will never be treated like that. I will never be ashamed like that. No one will ever hurt me that way. So we put up this sort of strong bravado, this way of protecting ourselves, but literally the perfect way before there was sin was oneness Mm. and nakedness, but even just not necessarily like, I know it's physically, but also emotionally knowing absolutely knowing each other a nakedness a vulnerability yeah. Yeah. with each other and i think trust comes down so i think submission comes down to trust mm. like yes. i think you know even as you were reading that scripture that's what i kept thinking trust 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 but i think that's exactly what god's inviting us into oneness is mm-hmm. will you trust me mm-hmm. it's not so much about Like we get caught up in what am I going to lose in submission? But I think the invitation is an invitation to trust. It's an invitation to, can you put the full weight of your trust in me? Not in yourself, not in your independence, not in your strength, not in even this very thing that the world, the culture celebrates about you. Wow, look at that powerful woman. Look at what she's done. Look at the success that she has. Look at all these strides that she's taking. Wow, we so revere her. We honor her. We put her up on a pedestal where God is saying, no, can you lay that down and trust me? Trust me. Let me elevate you. Let me empower you by my spirit. Let me do what I want to do in you. And I promise you, it will be 10,000 times more significant. It might not look the same externally and the world may not celebrate it the same, but it will be so much more significant. We're eternal. Mm. We spend so much time looking for significance in the here and now in this like little tiny blip of our life. We're eternal. And God literally wants to give us eternal significance. Mm. And this is the way trust and submission. It is because all through the scriptures, you see even in the new Testament, Jesus tells us to lay our lives down submit to God, resist the devil. It's not resist the devil. It's submit to God, right? Come under the covering of God, lay your lives down, 
to lose your life is to gain it. Like God talks, pick up your cross, follow me. Yep. It's no Deny longer yourself. I let live, but Christ yep. lives in me, you know? Crucify your flesh. Exactly. I mean, like intense language. Intense. This is serious. That's right. I've been bought with a price. My life is not my own. Exactly. Like this is, like there is a cost, like we're saying about, like a, a loss, big quotations when I'm saying this, okay? But there is that laying down, that yeah. losing, that letting go. Yeah to gain what heaven has provided in the eternal. And that's the thing even with marriage. When you choose to come into a covenantal marriage, when it's you being married with God ordaining this marriage together, you are literally saying, I'm laying aside all of my dreams and all of my hopes that on my own I would have achieved, but I'm going to come together and we're going to do this together, but we're going to each lay down our lives and choose to do this together and build... When we do that, it literally is exactly, you see a mystery of oneness and unity and there is a flourishing in your spirit. And like you said, you come more alive in your marriage. Dreams start to come true. You start to build faster and incredibly think there's no way we could have done this fighting the whole time. It's really like when you picture that when you're, you're fighting, the kingdom will fall. It'll collapse. It's actually, God is saying, I'm protecting you here. If you just listen to me, because if you're both doing your own thing, you're fighting against each other, it's actually going to collapse. It's going to be exhausting too. Exhausting. No kingdom can stand no. divided. It like, you've got to be together. So this is God saying, no marriage is going to be able to stand if you're divided the whole time. But if you come together and you bring what I've uniquely designed you to be together, it is going to surpass what you even dream possible. Yeah. And that's God's heart. It's yeah. God's heart. And so, you know, I've had to ask for forgiveness. Well, I'm always asking for forgiveness about independence and pride. Those are areas of my life like you're talking about. It's something that the Lord often is dealing with me because, you know, we have this misconception as well that the closer we become to God or the longer we've been serving God, that somehow sin just kind of diminishes with that as well. No, we we're full of flesh. I'm constantly fighting with my flesh, my spirit. It says our spirit and our flesh are at odds, right? We've yeah. talked about that. Yeah. And so as even in our marriage, the more Jay and I try to come one, there's sometimes more an awareness of how broken we, there's more awareness of how broken we really are. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is there's God. Yes. It's not something we attain on our own. It is by the work of the Holy Spirit that as we're both submitting. So we're talking about a marriage where both of us are submitting. Yeah to the work of the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and we're speaking personally from our marriage. I know people watching today, many of you watching or listening could be in a very different situation in your marriage. We're speaking from our own personal marriages, what we're experiencing. But as Jay and I both pursue God, which we are pursuing God, we are fully aware that we can only bring our marriage to a certain place, that it is only by the work of the Holy Spirit that he can just totally breathe life in. Because in our brokenness, we... We can't fix our marriage or be one. It really is the heart of God to come and fill those spaces with his spirit that yeah. we need desperately. Yeah. And I can feel, honestly, even as we have this conversation, like I can feel tons of questions. You know, this is the situation that I'm in. You know, my husband is right. this way right. or my wife is this way or how do I, how do we get there? And, you know, the, the truth is that we could run a hundred different scenarios of like, 
even the different seasons of our own marriages of yes. where we were, <laughs> you know, in our relationship with God through different seasons and how we responded and reacted or how there was like major conflict as we fought <laughs> our own visions or our own ways in the midst of it. Um, but this is what I would say in the midst of all of it, the truth of God's word and what he tells us to do doesn't change regardless of the circumstance that we're living. Now, it might look different in terms of like how we flesh that out, like what that looks like on the outside, but the true posture of the heart and what we're called to and what we're speaking about today, what I'm what I'm genuinely like wanting to confess and wanting to own and wanting to recognize is my lack of submission or my need for independence or self-reliance will never bring the flourishing that God so desires yes. in my life. Never. Mm -hmm. And so my reaction to that is always as a result of sin, pain, brokenness, something I've seen that I didn't want, but something that was a broken version of what God initially and originally intended. Now, Will we ever fully get to walk this out on earth in the fullness of all that God intended? No, because I'm broken and my husband is broken. So I can only speak about our marriage. But even as we just talk about many marriages, no, because we're all broken. We're bringing our brokenness into this mystery, into this picture, into this beautiful picture. We're bringing our brokenness there. So it'll never be expressed perfectly. It'll never be expressed fully. But the goal and the desire to be more like Jesus is to love like 1 Corinthians 13, to love with patience and kindness and gentleness, to love in the fruit of the Spirit, to walk in the fruit of the Spirit one with another. And that just requires continual submission to the Lord because we can't do that it does. It in does. our own strength. We can't do that. And so I think bigger than the questions that this may bring about your own relationships and navigating the challenges that you have in your relationships. Maybe your husband is just not a kind person. Maybe your wife is uber controlling and she's like on you all the time, demanding all these things. There's tons of different kind of personalities, scenarios, ways that this plays out. But rather than focusing on that, let's all come to our knees, lay down our independence, our self-reliance, our way being the better way, the right way, we know better, all of that pride that we bring into our marriage and into our relationship and into our relationship with God, lay that down before the Lord, confess it, repent of it, and let God wash us over with his love and humility and his grace and move from that place. And trust me, there will be flourishing, even if it's not in, in the fullness of perfection, on both ends. You're not responsible for your partner's mm -hmm, mm -hmm. relationship with God. You're not. That's right. There can be flourishing as we're obedient to what we've been called to. And that's more the heart of what I'm talking about today for me first, but also for you as listeners. That'd be my desire is that you would be able to walk in that no matter what the circumstances of your marriage, because this is what God's word tells us to do. That is beautiful, Lori. It's exactly what you're talking about as a church submits to Christ. So we are submits to our husband. But the thing is, it's about, and it goes on to say that, like you're talking about, it's not about pleasing man, being anchored on what we see, anchored on affirmation or validation or becoming something for somebody. It's about being who we are in Christ, centered on his word. I love that because as we do that, 
we actually begin to walk in step with the spirit and in step in obedience. And like you're saying, no matter your circumstance, as you grow to be more like Christ, as you anchor first off your whole identity and your life to be anchored in dependency on God, it's amazing how the fruitfulness will spill into every area of your life through wisdom, discernment, and how you walk that out, like you're saying. So I just love that. So I, I just felt like even anchoring that back to say, like, it doesn't come from pleasing people. It's not. Because even submission can quickly be manipulated or twisted to be like it's about pleasing somebody or about serving somebody. It's about living under the submission of God and our heart for him. And from that overflow, the love flows from. But it's about pleasing God first and living under him. And uh, so anyway. That's, yeah, no, it really, really is. And and for those of you who are not married, like for those who are listening who are not married, like this podcast today is not about marriage. Yeah. Ultimately, it's about our our oneness with the Father. Yes. That's ultimately what we're talking about. Like, like yes, it's expressed in a natural relationship. Rhonda and I both happen to be married. But but ultimately, what we're trying to get to today and, and what the Lord so convicted me of is my natural relationships are just a reflection of those things that are in the way in my relationship with God. And so oneness with the father was the heart and the desire of Jesus for us. So if that was his heart and desire for us, then that is what we should seek and desire for ourselves. There's obviously something in that, a key in that to our flourishing, to the life that God has for us in the presence of the King, the provision of the presence of the King, that when we bring and we are able to lay down all of that independence that we can find in that space. And so I just want to take a moment and I, I just want to pray. Amen. I just want to pray into that. I want to just pray. And if you have anything on your heart to pray to Rhonda, I just want to pray for people who are listening, you know, who are struggling with this, because I do think this isn't just you and I. <laughs> I I think this is a God of the age. I, I really do. I think that we are products of the culture that we've been raised in, not just women. I think both men and women, this is a call for men and women to have oneness with the father. And so I think that we're a product of the culture and this is independence, I believe is a God of the age. I, I believe that all of us need to pull this stronghold down in our life in order to fully and truly submit um, to the lordship of Jesus so good. Uh, in our lives. And so I just want to pray that. I want to pray that for, for us. Yes, I receive it. <laughs> and receive it. for, you know, for yes. anybody that is listening that, that wants Absolutely. to align to that and, you know, continue to go on the journey. And I, and I imagine this may be a lifelong struggle. But I want to own it. I want to confess it. I want to repent of it. And I want to walk in what God has for me because I know that it's amazing yes. and way better yes. than what I could do in yes. my own strength. So, oh, I love that. Okay, let's pray. Let's well, pray. Father, thank you so much uh, just for leading in your word, for highlighting the importance of oneness. And I know that I don't even fully understand it. Like, I don't even fully understand what it is that you are inviting me into when you call me 
personally, your daughter, your child to oneness with you, the intimacy, the vulnerability, the closeness that you desire to pull me into, and the flourishing that you have on the other side of that oneness. And so, Father, for anybody that is listening today, whether they are in a marriage relationship, whether they're single, God, our heart's desire is oneness with you above all else. And we know that if we can grab hold of that, if we can truly submit our our way, our independence, and walk in oneness with you, that we'll experience that in our marriage relationships too, that it starts first with you. And so God, I just repent for my independence. I repent for my self-sufficiency. I repent for the ways and the times every single day that I think I know better, that I think I'm right, that I think I have the better way. And I just run ahead. I run ahead of you. I run ahead of people in my life. And Lord, I just want to lay all of that down at your feet. And I want to receive a cloak of humility, a cloak of righteousness, a cloak of grace that is an invitation into oneness with you, God. Help me to be naked and unashamed with you in your presence, Jesus, because of your grace, because of your forgiveness, because of all that you have done and already provided for me. Thank you for your grace, Lord Jesus, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That's amen. so powerful. So beautiful. So beautiful. It. Well, as we say goodbye today, I want to remind you to hold your position in Christ, in all that he has for you, in all that he has promised for you, and walk it in the fullness of all that he's got. Amen. And I want to encourage you to keep following the king. He has a plan and he has a way and he's leading you ahead. He's ahead of you and he's going to take you one step at a time, but you can trust that his heart is for good and he's faithful. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for joining us today on the Awakening Moments podcast. We pray that you are filled with hope and joy as you navigate the challenges of life. And we would love for you to subscribe to this podcast or share it with your friends. And remember, you are so loved by God and he is always with you.